Locked on Vikings, locked on Cowboys, previewing this NFC showdown. Let's get into it. You are locked on Cowboys, your daily Dallas Cowboys podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's going on, everybody? Cowboys fans, Vikings fans, it's Thursday, and you know what that means. That is Crossover Thursday here on the Locked On Podcast Network. I am Luke Brun of Locked On Vikings, and Cowboys fans, I'm here with your guy, Marcus Mosher of Locked On Cowboys. Welcome in, everybody. As always, this crossover Thursday is brought to you by our friends at Prize Picks. Prize Picks is so much fun. It's so easy to play. It is a great way to play daily fantasy because you just have to pick two to five players and it can be you against the house. Prize Picks has a projection and you just got to go higher or lower. It takes less than 60 seconds to enter. It is so easy. We love prize picks and we know that you will too. And first time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to 100 bucks with promo code locked on. That's prizepicks.com, promo code locked on. Marcus, welcome. Luke, how's it going? So, this is uh, quite the season for Minnesota so far, huh? Yeah. And if you look at like Super Bowl betting odds and stuff, our two teams are neck and neck, which is yeah. kind of crazy because. We have our division wrapped, and the Cowboys do, are in second and like likely to play on the road. So this game is huge because this is a chance to get like a common game on the Eagles, too. And technically, the Cowboys are actually third in their division. The Giants are 7-2, and two, a game up on Dallas. Oh, my which, God, that's right. Yeah, I mean, but... The betting markets believe that the Cowboys are just better than the Giants. They've already had a they've already and beaten the, the Giants in New York. But it's a huge game because the Cowboys can win and we'll see if the Eagles slip up here over the next couple of weeks. It gives you a chance to maybe steal the division. Uh but yeah, it's just a monster game for both of these teams. Right. And so, well, I guess tell me what is the current conversation in Dallas with Dak Prescott has come back and things like aren't going as well. Like what's the deal with this? It's, it's funny how much a week makes a difference, right? Because the Cowboys were in the <laughs> bye in week nine and it's, Oh, the Cowboys are awesome. They scored 49 points. Dak is back. The defense is making plays. Everything is great. This is a Super Bowl contender. And then you lose to green Bay in overtime. When, well, Hey, Dak is Dak the clear cut starter. Is defense just absolutely terrible? <laughs> is, is Dan Quinn uh, the right guy? I mean, you know how this works in Minnesota. Like, one loss can change so much. But the fact is, look like they just need to play better, and they need to be more consistent, and they need to figure out ways to beat better teams. They're, they're fine against these teams like the Lions and the Bears and uh, whoever, but when they right. play better teams, they need to step up. And I think that's why this week against the Vikings is such a big challenge and a big game for mm-hmm. them. Yeah, I think for us, we're just trying to not have the like letdown game because of what happened versus the Bills. Like we just had that test, right? We just went to Buffalo to the Bills. Are you going to be able to keep up? Are you going to look like a real team against them? Come away with the dub, and then come back against the Cowboys, another playoff team, and try not to have you know that that game was so emotional with its twists and turns, yeah. and the locker room was so stunned. 
that they want. I mean, it, it was like this palpable sense of like, wait, was that real? And when we've been in this situation before, I think it's a Vikings fan thing to just always be looking for how the other shoe is going to drop. Yep. Um, we just if we're too used to it, you know, when good things happen. So I think we we too are waiting for that one game, like that but Packers overtime game for you guys. It's probably a good thing that the Vikings are playing the Cowboys this week, week rather than playing the Colts or the Panthers right. or something. Yeah, like that. you can't because start saying trap game. And you you can't say trap game first right. of all against a team that's six and three, and then against the Dallas Cowboys. You you're third in the division. Practice. Not even good. Right. Right. <laughs> I, it's a primetime game. I mean, like, it's, the, it's not a primetime game. But it's like the big Fox game of the week. Everybody's yeah. going to be watching this game. I don't think you're going to come into this game and be flat. Like, I just I just don't see that happening. You know, it's it's hard to know because we don't just don't know how resilient Kevin O'Connell's culture is to this kind of thing. They really proved a lot about the culture after the, they lost to Philadelphia on Monday night and they really got their yep. teeth kicked in there and they, they came back scrappy and fighting. And I think the bills game was a microcosm of that too. really kicked in the teeth down 17 and they fought and they never gave up. And you know, there's, there's a lot of, they don't, they definitely don't have any quit in them. Um, and that is just something to know. I think about the Vikings this year is no lead is safe on either side of the ball. <laughs> it's, there is, they've got a little bit of chargers in them in that way where like sure. the game doesn't start till the last five minutes of it. Um, cause they've been down two scores on the road for two weeks in a row now. And they came back and won both of those games and they've had to make comebacks at home too. They've given up leads. Uh, they, it's, it's been a, a volatile experience and yeah, I, I guess that's, it, it makes it so hard to know what's going to happen in this game because it's such a like quarter by quarter proposition. And this game is going to be weird for a couple of different reasons. Both of these teams are coming off overtime games, right? Where they, I mean, just mm-hmm. super physical and emotional games. Minnesota won their overtime game. The Cowboys lost. Like, is it going to bleed into, is the Cowboys loss going to bleed into the first quarter of this game? Or will the Vikings, you know, maybe start the game off a little slow after winning Last week, I, I'm right. really curious to see just what the first 10 minutes of this game look like, because I think that's going to tell us a lot. Yeah, and, and there's a few um, like injury notes that we're keeping an eye on. And full disclosure, we're recording this before we've seen any injury reports, so we don't know. But we've got a couple of really key players in the concussion protocol in um, Cam Dantzler, who it would be replaced, or in uh, Caleb Evans, who's replacing Cam Dantzler, who's on IR. Um, so we'd be down to a third stringer there who might be Duke Shelley, who stole off the bears practice squad like 14 days ago. Um, and then also Christian Derisaw, mm. who has been playing like one of the best left tackles in the league, like genuinely elite. And without him, it would be Blake Brandell, who is a serviceable backup, but a backup. I'm going to think that he would see a little bit of Micah Parsons. <laughs> yes. And, and then on the Cowboys side of things, They've already lost Jordan Lewis, their slot cornerback for the season. Anthony Brown, their number two corner, left the game with a concussion uh, on Sunday. And as soon as Deron Bland, a fifth-round pick from Fresno State, came in, Rodgers just saw that right away. And it's like, okay, that's who I'm picking on the rest of the game. Mm. And he happened to throw three touchdowns to Christian Watson. So that's another injury on the Dallas side. Like, if Anthony Brown can't play, 
Justin Jefferson might go for 200 in this game. Like it's, it's possible. <laughs> Yeah. And that's going to be like how you deal with Justin Jefferson is the most interesting thing. I ask everybody on these crossovers, like what's the plan to deal with Justin Jefferson? Um, Because some teams have decided they're going to, you know, cap him and then they're going to put a poach safety on the other side and then they're going to have a corner in trail and they're just going to have everything just like funneling toward Jefferson. And sorry, Vikings, you've got to figure out a different way to beat us. And then some teams will just say, hey, we've got one guy we trust a lot. We're going to have him shadow. Um, like, would you do that with Trevon Diggs and stuff? No. That that is no, not no. That's not no, the move. No chance. I mean, I think Diggs is going to try to convince Dan Quinn and the Cowboys to do that, but there's, I would be shocked if that's the case. I think, I think, what the Cowboys will do if, if Anthony Brown is healthy, they'll line him up against Justin Jefferson, and they'll occasionally throw some doubles on him, and they're just going to dare Kirk Cousins to throw the ball to Justin Jefferson like 15 times in this game. Okay, and if you want to test, yeah, and if you want <laughs> to test the other corners, and you you want to test the middle of the field, that's great. But Jefferson can get his. We dare you okay. to throw the ball to Adam Thielen. Got it. Yeah. The, so the like story of the last few weeks has been that O'Connell has basically told Kirk Cousins, "Dude, just throw it up to this guy." And yep. Cousins is like, "I mean, yeah, like look at him. <laughs> yeah. I, he's just sure, I, why I'll not just throw." Yeah, throw it to the moon and watch him climb the ladder and get up to it. Um, so those like contested catch moments are you know, like, you know, the catch that everybody saw. Yep. But it's been a whole bunch like that. It's been a whole bunch of, of touchdowns like that. Anytime you get Justin Jefferson in one-on-one coverage, the ball is going there, even if it has to be a 50-50 ball. C- Cousins is just locked into that. So By if you're going to let it happen, then that's going to be where the game goes. That Justin Jefferson catch, second best catch I've ever seen. The only one that I think is better is by future Dallas Cowboys wide receiver Odell Beckham. That's the only one. <laughs> you mean future Viking and oh. big brother figure to Justin Jefferson? Odell yeah, Beckham. I got a little bit of the LSU connection there. I guess I could see it. Yeah. Um, so, well, we, we should talk about some of the other uh, matchups in this game. And we've also got some predictions coming up. So we will get into all of that in just a moment. First things first, though, let's talk about, uh, look, it is a a special time of year coming up. And if you perhaps have a very special question you want to ask to a very special someone, you uh, might need a piece of jewelry to go with that. And that is what Blue Nile is for. Blue Nile is a great tool to help you if you need to know what you're doing. Like, do you know what a princess cut is? Are you having trouble choosing? Um, and it can be for a proposal, like I was hinting at, or just an anniversary or the holidays, or just to celebrate that special someone. You don't need a reason, right? BlueNile.com is the place that will let you choose diamond shape, size, and clarity, setting style. And they have 24 seven experts on hand to make it help you make sense of all of that. And you can shop stress free with Blue Nile's 100% satisfaction guarantee. So make your moment sparkle with Blue Nile. Go to BlueNile.com and use code Locked On to save $50 on your purchase of $500 or more. That's Blue Nile, B L U E N I L E.com. Code Locked On to save $50 on your purchase of $500 or more. BlueNile.com, code Locked On. If you're looking for something a little smaller, perhaps for this uh, time of year, Tommy John is already having its Black Friday sale. So get in while the getting's good. Tommy John's are the most comfortable underwear you will ever meet in your life. They are absolutely joyful. And they have all kinds of selections from underwear, loungewear, and 
pajamas. They have comfy, non-pilling, micromodal fabric. That means no lint balls or fuzz kicking around and luxuriously soft tri-blend fabric. This is the good stuff, folks. They have over 18 million pairs sold, giving Tommy John the uh, place in the world as a holiday tradition. So shop Tommy John's Black Friday sale going on right now, and you can get 30% off anything site-wide at TommyJohn.com slash locked on 30% off of everything right now at tommyjohn.com slash locked on tommyjohn.com slash locked on one more time see site for all details so thank you so much for making this crossover thursday your first listen of the day for your second listen go check out locked on sports today our good pal peter bukowski breaking down things sports wide all over the place nba nhl of course nfl things and everything else in the wide world of sports marcus we talked a little bit about the Jefferson thing, and that m- probably will be one of the biggest stories going into the game. Uh, and we always have a little bit of fun with the Jefferson C.D. Lamb thing. But mm-hmm. what, what are some of the other matchups that you are looking at in this one that will uh, define the result? I mean, there's a couple that I'm just absolutely terrified about. Let's just get into those ones. Uh, Zadarius Smith against Tyler Smith, the Cowboys rookie left tackle. Hmm. So Darius has been awesome this year and the Cowboys kind of flirted around with the idea of potentially bringing in Zadarius Smith, but he said he wanted like, I don't know, 10 million a year and Jerry Jones and Stephen Jones were like, Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. we're not giving that much to a, a edge rusher with a bad back, but it's been worth it. I mean, he's been awesome this yeah, year. That's fine. Yeah, it's fine. Uh, Tyler Smith has been passable at left tackle. I think he's a better run player than he is a pass blocker. I think the Cowboys can get the secondary of the Vikings. I think you can expose them a little bit if you have time to throw the ball. I'm really nervous about Daniil Hunter and Zadarius Smith because I feel like those are the type of edge rushers that give the Cowboys problems. You know, the guys that can convert speed to power, that can Mm -hmm. drive tackles back into the laps of a quarterback. I'm nervous, Luke. I'm really, really nervous about what those edge guys can do in this game. So I would ask about the interior of the line because that's where a lot of Zedaria Smith's production has come from. He is, I mean, it's always been his superpower is getting one-on-one with a guard and crushing him, just swimming the crap out of him. Um, And that's what a lot of the Vikings like pass rush packages are designed to do is to manipulate your protection so that it's Zedaria Smith one-on-one with somebody on the inside. Um, If they're going to attack a tackle, it's probably going to be more Daniel Hunter. That's scary because the Cowboys uh, left guard Connor McGovern has been just short of a disaster this year. Tyler Biotis, really? center's okay. fine. He's fine, but he's not He's not the most powerful guy in the world. Minnesota's defensive line should eat in this game. And if they do, I, I just don't see the Cowboys having a ton of success in this game. You look for them to see a lot of two and three tight end sets to potentially minimize that a little bit. But yeah, it's a bad matchup for Dallas. Interesting. So that's going to mean pressure on Dak Prescott. But something that we have had trouble with in the last few games is kind of scramble, ramble quarterbacks getting out of the pocket, making plays and, you know, doing the the improv thing. Um, Taylor Heineke made a ton of plays like that. Josh Allen did the Josh Allen thing. Kyler Murray. Mm-hmm. I mean, like every game. 
um, we've we've had. We were even struggling with it a little bit against Skylar Thompson in Miami, who's that kind of quarterback. We haven't really seen like a true like pocket passer in a good while. And, and that's um, Dak, right? Like that's that's yeah. just Dak's game now. Early on in his career, he was one of those quarterbacks that could get outside the pocket and make plays. He still doesn't score not anymore. Never, not since I, not since not since the injury. Like that injury oh, back man. in 2020 has completely zapped him of his athleticism. You'll see him do quarterback sneaks and read options near the the end zone, but outside of right. that, he's not running. Yeah, like he was never Justin Fields, right? Like it was no. never like part of the offense to do that. But it was always a little bit closer to you know the Aaron Rodgers brand where or the the Kirk Mahomes brand of right. Yeah. Kurt, so who gets more rushing yards? Kirk Cousins or Dak oh, Prescott in this one? Cousins easily, I think, in this game. I don't even think it's that close. <laughs> awesome. Like, I won't be surprised if Dak finishes this game with like four rushing yards and it's all just on QB sneak stuff. Got it. So I, I guess another question. So here's here's a matchup that I'm I'm looking at is CD Lamb. Are the Cowboys the kind of team that says backup cornerback gets CD Lamb all day? Because the Vikings play sides on their corners. So um if it's a Caleb Evans, who's a backup, or if it's Andrew Booth, who is the third stringer and is not remotely ready to be on an NFL field, or if it's Duke Shelley, who maybe shouldn't be on a roster, but did make one good play in Buffalo. Whoever that guy is, he will be on the defensive right all day, uh, no matter what. So how do the Cowboys attack that? Is it put C.D. Lamb over there, or is it put C.D. Lamb in the slot against Chandon Sullivan, or would they rather do something else? It's going to be C.D. in the slot almost all game long. And we saw last week, in the last couple of weeks, they're fine just trotting out Michael Gallup and Noah Brown and basically being like, hey, these are guys on the outside. They're going to run 50 yards every single play. And and our passing game is going to be Dalton Schultz and CeeDee Lamb in the middle of the field, and you better figure out how to stop it. I, I think CeeDee's going to see 75 to 80% of his routes out of the slot. And what you see Dallas doing now is putting him or lining him up like directly behind Dalton Schultz to avoid any kind of press coverage uh, and get him free releases. I I think you'll see CD in the slot running a ton of digs, a ton of crossing routes to try to avoid Patrick Peterson and get into coverage against those linebackers. That would be, man, it's going to be really interesting to see how they deal with a team that just is like, we're going to live out of the slot. Like, do they just want to kind of, have a safety reading two to one all day and just mm-hmm. say, we're just, if like, if you ever go deep, we're just going to have you capped and we'll, we'll like deal with that. And then hope Michael Gallup doesn't kill us on the outside, which he absolutely can, especially yep. against a backup. Um, and so I guess we should probably, we haven't talked about either team's run game this whole time yet. Um, and I guess let's start with the Cowboys because that is between Ezekiel Elliott and Tony Pollard. Um, not necessarily in that order. <laughs> Definitely not in that order. <laughs> is that like not a joke? Because that was a meme that I had like three years ago. Is that real now? Is Tony Pollard just a better player? I mean, he's been the better player for multiple years now. Like, it's, it's it's literally not a joke. It's I'm really fascinated. <laughs> like for real now. <laughs> oh, like it's for real. Um, Tony Pollard has started three games in his NFL career without Ezekiel Elliott, and he has like 450 yards and six touchdowns in those three games. Like it's absolutely insane. And what's funny, I'm sure Vikings fans don't know this, but he had against the Bears two weeks ago uh, like 116 yards and three touchdowns on 14 touches. And the Cowboys running back coach is like, well, we didn't give him more work because 30 snaps is his limit as a player. After that, his production just goes way down. 
Uh, he had 72 snaps against the Packers last week. And I think he averaged eight yards a touch <laughs> after the 30th Love snap. Love to so, go on the podium and lie. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to be fascinated to see what happens with Ezekiel Elliott in this game for a couple of reasons. Number one, I expect him to be back. He's missed the last two games with an injury. But also the Cowboys play on Thanksgiving, so four days later against the Giants, which frankly is a more important game. Do they just use up Ezekiel Elliott in this game and basically know that he's going to be done for on Thursday? Or is this a game where they lean on Pollard and they kind of try to keep Zeke fresh for Thursday? I'm not sure how that's going to play out. Um, but I think the Vikings would be more than happy to see Ezekiel Elliott on the field rather than Tony Pollard. Okay. So how that matches up is going to be interesting because the Vikings currently lead the league in light boxes. They love to leave those safeties up on the roof. They, they will give you too high every play. That's part of how they disguise their coverages is by every coverage looks exactly the same pre-snap mm-hmm. and you just kind of make the safeties rotate to whatever they're going to do. Um, but it means light boxes all day and it's essentially daring them to run. And efficiency-wise, they have one of the better run defenses in the league by this point, especially if you take out the first like couple weeks when they were still figuring things out. So... It'll be really interesting to see if the Tony Pollard version in this Cowboys run game, which, as you described, has been very formidable, can finally be the team to like punish that. But the Bills couldn't really punish it the way they wanted to. Washington couldn't really punish it the way they wanted to. Um, and the other teams have really struggled to get that going unless it's quarterback running like, you know, Kyler Murray or Josh Allen. Well, it, and that's why it's going to be fascinating to see what the Cowboys do personnel-wise in this game. Like, they love nothing more than putting three tight ends on the field and just trying to play bully ball. Or to put two tight ends on the field, and then one of those receivers being Noah Brown, who's really a glorified mm-hmm. tight end. If they do that, and Minnesota still wants to play with light boxes, the Cowboys will have a ton of success running the ball. But you and I both know, Luke, like points come out of the passing game. The Cowboys can yeah, run the ball. you can't live like that. You can't live like that. And especially against Unless you're off- play-actioning off it. But like play-action out of 13, what is that? <laughs> Nothing, right? Like you're you're hoping to get like a 12-yard gain on a boot to your tight end, right? So how long can the Cowboys stick with the run game? This is a team that's built to play with a lead. Okay. Last couple games, they've had a lead and they've blown a little bit of it. But if the Cowboys get behind in this game, I think that's where they're really going to struggle. Gotcha. Well, so currently, and I'm going to tease this, the, uh, the the betting line at BetOnline, as I look at it right now, is Cowboys are favored by one. They opened as two-point favorites, and I think betters hit the Vikings pretty hard, so it went down by a point. But the Cowboys are still favored, and I'm curious to get your thoughts on that in just a moment. But first, let's talk about BetOnline itself. Yes. Absolutely. BetOnline.net is your number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional sport and amateur league out there, from football to basketball to soccer and esports. They've got it all at BetOnline.net. And if you love sports podcasts, and we know that you do because you're listening to this podcast right now, you can also find those at BetOnline as well. It is the fastest and easiest way to get your betting fix. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. Bet online where the game starts. So let's just get right into that, uh, Marcus. Why, this is a question I have gotten so many times because, look, we just went, we beat what a lot of people think is the best team in the league in their mm-hmm. house in a scrappy overtime game. We're going home against a team that's third in its division and we're underdogs at home. 
What gives? So I saw the last few times that this has happened where an eight and one team is a home dog is because of backup quarterbacks, right? They, they either lost their backup <laughs> quarterback or they lost their starter or whatever. Yeah. Like we never see this happen where an eight and one it's team wild. is a full lineup. It's wild. These two teams are very similar though, right? I think these are both similar caliber teams. And I think because the Cowboys maybe have a little bit better defense is why Odds makers are giving the Cowboys the the, the nod here. I, I think this should be a pick them all day, to be honest with you. Like, these are just two very, very similar teams. I, my gut tells me the Cowboys are going to win this game, but every time I look at the matchups, I think, man, Minnesota's just better here. They, they, they're they going to win this matchup. They're going to win this matchup. I expect a super, super close game that comes down to the final possession, uh, much like, the last two games that the Vikings and the Cowboys have played, I, I just don't see yeah. either team blowing each other out. Right. And the Vikings have not played in a two score game since week two. <laughs> so take your, your, your little win on uh, bet online, yeah. I guess, because they haven't won a game by less than eight yet or by more than uh, eight yet, except for the, the Packers game at the very beginning of the season. Um, I, I guess, yeah, I haven't really talked about what exactly it is that makes that defense go. You talked a little bit about how they're banged up in the secondary, but um, I mean, obviously, Micah Parsons is a game wrecker. We sort of talked about that, mm-hmm. but but th- this Cowboys defense is a very well-respected unit, and I'm going to be honest, I don't know a lot about it. So what is the identity here? Uh, I think it's pretty simple. The, the, the NFL rate when it comes to stunts, pass rush stunts, is like 12%. Um, Dan Quinn is using stunts on about 42% of passing plays right now for the Cowboys, which is oh my insane. And all they four are man rushes? On four man rushes. They oh. are an insane, stunning team right now. Um, their, their pressure rates are ridiculous. They can create pressure with their front four. Demarcus Lawrence is having arguably the best season of his career. Dorrance Armstrong, wow. their third defensive end, is having a bunch of sacks. They got a sack last week from Sam Williams, their second round pick. Like they are five deep on the defensive line. I didn't even mention Dante Fowler. They can create pressure with four players better than anybody else. And when you look at like their third and long splits, it's unreal. Like teams are converting third and longs at like 4% of the time against Dallas. So when the Cowboys get you in a third long, you're done. It's just getting there the last couple of weeks has been the problem. (laughs) Green Bay never, Green Bay never had a third and six or longer against the Cowboys last week. And that's why they were able to, to keep drives alive and to continue playing the way they did. Interesting. And is that, did they run on it? Is that how they did it? They basically just ran every first and second down and they dared Dallas to to try to stop the run. And they didn't because they just didn't want to give up big plays. And then when they finally did come down to stop the run, Aaron Rodgers hit him over the top to Christian Watson. Got you setting it up all day. Um, Okay. So here's the thing. Garrett Bradbury has had a much better season than he's had in the past. Um, Ezra Cleveland has also taken a bit of a step forward. And then there's Ed Ingram, rookie right guard. He's struggled a bunch with stunts um, and and stunt pickups and stuff. So I wonder if they see all that on tape and and even just the analytics of it, that 42% stat. Um, I wonder if that becomes an emphasis in the week Mm -hmm. is trying to get better at, at passing and picking up stunts. And just understanding that when a guy is looping, you got to come off your double and come take him Um, and not to get too, you know, not to get uh, too deep into a a crash rush like 
you know, if somebody crosses your face, let them, that kind of thing. Um, I, that will be probably a really big emphasis in the O-line room. And I think if the Cowboys do win this game, we are looking at that as the reason. As, ah, right, this was just an offensive line fell apart game. If you go back a couple weeks and watch the uh, Commanders game, Commanders have a heck of a front four. Mm-hmm. And Jonathan Allen had the game of his life. He yep. took Ezra Cleveland to the cleaners. So if that's going to be the kind of day we're up against and we're just going to have, you know, Kirk Cousins under pressure 55% of the time, that will definitely, I mean, that'll kill any offense. And that's the kind of thing that whether you're at home or in the road in the playoffs, and maybe this is one of those things that makes the Cowboys more of a Super Bowl contender than most projected wildcard teams would be. If you can rush with four and keep two safeties on the roof, um, it's really hard to move the ball no matter what your offense is. So that that will probably keep a, a lid on the Vikings if they can get Justin Jefferson open against what we talked about before, like Anthony Brown or whoever. Maybe that doesn't matter if the stunt gets home. Well, and here's going to be the difference in this game is tackling. The Cowboys are a horrendous tackling team really? in the secondary. They're just bad on that side. So the Cowboys will blitz. They'll give you four-man stuns. They'll get pressure. But if they hit Justin Jefferson on a slant, and he goes 65 yards. Sometimes it doesn't matter how how yeah. often you're creating pressures and stuff. So that's what to look out for. I expect Cousins to be under pressure a lot in this game. It's just, can he make the throws? And can the guys, after the catch, make big plays? If the answer is yes, I see the Vikings scoring 28, 31 points in this game pretty easily. Interesting. So that would be, uh, I believe that would hit their over. So the over under this game is actually 47. And again, the Cowboys are favored by one. Um, Real quick, do you have a score prediction on that line? That implies like a 24-23 Cowboys victory. Yeah, I think I I said my my gut says that the Cowboys are going to win like 27-24. I'll stick with that number. That feels about right. But I could see either team flipping. Like I could see the Vikings winning it that way. I could see the Cowboys winning that way. But it's just this just isn't going to be Luke a twenty to seventeen game. Like these offenses are too balanced. They have too many explosive players, and I think the offensive lines are good enough overall that you're going to be able to to make plays down the field. So I see both these teams scoring mid to upper twenties. So I see this as a game where offensive lines hold these teams hostage a little bit. Um, these D lines are good. Um, like you mentioned with Demarcus Lawrence, Micah Parsons and all that, the Vikings may not have Christian Derrissaw, which means they won't be able, they've been sliding every protection away from Derrissaw, basically putting Derrissaw on an Island and it's helped everybody else. Cause they all get to constantly be helping each other. Yep. Not having that is going to make, going to expose a lot of stuff that's been papered over <laughs> against this D line. I cannot in any good conscious pick against the Vikings after they beat the bills. I just can't do that. Uh, but I do see this being close. I'm going to go 21-20 Vikings. Mm. So I'll, I'll take the under on that just because okay. I do think the, the O-lines are going to struggle a little bit more um, in this one. This is going to be a fun game, though. Like I, I, That's the thing it's I'm really be. looking forward to. It's going to be a fun game. I don't see either team blowing each other out. Like It's just, it's just not going to happen. We, plus, we and, haven't seen the Vikings and the Cowboys do that since... Like Thanksgiving when I was like, like 90s. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Since Randy Moss. Um, so this also could be a playoff preview. We might see, uh, might see a wild card. I hope weekend. not. <laughs> yeah. I hope Give me Seattle and Rob one, please. Yeah. 
All right. Uh, hey, who said anything about round one? Um, you guys aren't playing Marcus, round one. What are you talking about? <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, Marcus, thank you so much for uh, hanging out on this crossover Thursday. For Cowboys fans, I am Luke Braun. You can find me on Locked On Vikings, wherever you listen to this show. Uh, and for Vikings fans, you can find Marcus Mosher on Locked On Cowboys as well as uh, Locked On Dynasty Football, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we've got shows five days a week over there. Make sure you're checking it out. If you're into Dynasty Fantasy, looking for an edge, go check that out. And we will see you all next time.